Hello and welcome to Film Splurge, where we'll be reviewing da -da -da -da. Dunkirk, By... the 2017 one, not the old one, but not... that will be mentioned. Yes, we'll be talking about the 1958 uh, uh, version of Dunkirk. The other one. The uh, 1950. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about the. The 1940 event <laughs> and <laughs> the film which was inspired by that, uh, which came in. Well, you should probably start again. Uh, so, Christopher Nolan's 2017 film, Dunkirk. Yes. We shall be reviewing that and perhaps comparing it to the 1958 film, which no one's seen, including half of this podcast. That is true. It's me. It's me that's not seen that. I've not seen the old movie. Jack says it's good, though, and I trust his judgment. We're going to be talking about that because if you're going to talk about anything when talking about a Dunkirk movie talk about the other Dunkirk movie yeah, so. so Dunkirk is yeah it came out 2017 which is last year now I yeah, think that's last year <laughs> I'm not sure what year it is uh, directed by Christopher Nolan who what was the last film he did before that was it Interstellar Interstellar and then he did the, uh, the the three Batman films Batman. before that Memento He's, uh, you know, he's got, he's a very popular director. He's uh, very, very highly critically acclaimed. I personally like yes. his films that much. I like bits of his films. I like elements of it. Memento, I do genuinely I like. Them. I've never enjoyed Memento. That's because it's just quite, it's an experimental, but I really respect it as a film. Yeah, it's very cold movies, I always think. Yeah. It's very fond of blue light and uh, very sterile in a way. Uh, yeah, so Dunkirk is Christopher Nolan's crack at uh, his first crack at a war movie, but not a traditional war movie, I guess, because it is about ultimately a retreat. This is when British forces were, and French forces, as we've discussed, and we'll come back to you later. The role of the French in this is an interesting topic. We're uh, backed onto Dunkirk Beach in 1940, and a mass retreat was staged involving lots of civilian ships coming across the channel to save, uh, in the end, 300,000 soldiers. 350. 350,000 soldiers in a mass retreat. So this film, Chris Rollins won. God, we've got to explain the conceit of it. It's slightly complicated. Yeah, so, there's, so you've got... There's to... land, sea, and air, and they take place... Not at the same time and at different time scales. So. All right, I think we'll get into that because yeah. I didn't even notice that in the film because it, it was just done it so briefly. But if you don't catch it, it's very yeah, confusing. I caught it and still didn't know what was going on. I was like, is this yeah. the thing they mentioned? But well, I um, didn't know until I read reviews that the the sea bit takes place on a different time scale. Really, the air bit. The air bit's just one hour, apparently. Which I, I thought it was going know. on throughout the whole thing because it all links together. It's complicated. All right, needlessly confusing, needlessly I think I would say. It's Christopher Nolan messing about with time, which, as we learn in Inception, he likes to do, and in Memento, he likes right. to do. So let's let's and try and it. deal with it as a film first, which I think the, uh, that's a problem with it. But first of all, let's say what's, what's good about movie. it. So it's doing this whole thing. I saw it as trying to compress the events, having this... I thought the score, the musical score was very interesting. It got me sort of Hans time Zimmer. ticking. Hans Zimmer, was it? Mm -hmm. It's got this sort of uh, good research there. Um, <laughs> That's true. He did the music for. Um, he normally works with Chris Marlin. Did the music for Inception as well. Oh right. Which was great. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, it gave us that. <laughs> which is a few. Well Hans Zimmer. There's a few <laughs> moments. Is. I yeah, always thought the came from um, Spielberg's um, War of the Worlds film. 
That's got they got more. It's a deeper one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does a bit of that. But the, the aliens don't appear in this one. There are no aliens, no. There um, is a war. There is a world war, but it's not a war of, of worlds. <laughs> worlds. Just a different uh, nationalities and ideological viewpoints and uh, superpowers. Shooting each other. But none of them are from space yes. that we know of. <laughs> Quite right. So the film the film sort of opens with the idea of everyone's running away. It's quite it tries to go zoom in straight on some characters. Yeah. Immediately getting picked off and shot, going behind the French lines and getting on the beach. So everything's set on the beach effectively. It's got this the music does this whole sort of countdown, keeps moving up and up and up, bringing this mm. tension and momentum up. And uh, the, everything sort of just escalates and ramps up into this sort of crescendo. So it does have a musical sensibility to it, which is yes. quite interesting. Uh, the special effects as well. I'm very impressed by some of the special effects. So there's... Uh, I wasn't particularly yeah. impressed by like, some of the ground stuff. Things blowing up, you can do that. Good practical effects. This, but, I think that Chris Nolan said there's pretty much no CGI in this. Is for the most part, or pretty much entirely practical yes. effects. It just feels solid. It that. was the, the naval stuff. So obviously ships and things sinking. Generally well done. Pretty good, yeah. What did genuinely impress me was the uh, the, the air combat. With, yes, um, yeah. Not just because Tom Hardy was in it, but we don't see most of his face. No, he's uh, yet yet again in a Nolan film behind a mask. mask. I can only think that Christopher Nolan feels threatened by his beauty and uh, his stature. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I don't think it needs to say, but Tom Hardy could beat up Christopher Nolan in a fight. I reckon so. <laughs> I reckon most people could, but I reckon very few people. <laughs> Particularly Tom The very few people could beat up Tom Hardy. Exactly. In a fight. He's Bronson, for God's sake. I'm not taking. No one's taking on Tom Hardy. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm, I'm well hard, I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> not going to answer that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the air section. I, I, I think we need to mention the timescale bit, so the land bit... It was irrelevant to me, because I genuinely didn't it's, know. It's, it cuts between three different stories essentially taking place. So there's the land section, which follows a few soldiers and dots around the... Uh, on a week timescale, I think. Uh, the evacuation plans on the beach and moves between the characters there. There's the sea, which is the story primarily of one civilian ship manned by a father his son and the holy ghost some, <laughs> <laughs> some other kid he does become a ghost he, made, he does become a ghost <laughs> the, this, these reviews what do is include, Jasper these reviews <laughs> do include spoilers the kid dies uh, very undramatically, actually. I'm never quite sure. Wasn't well, quite sure it's a bit that. flat, which is a problem, I think, with the it's film. Flat overall. But it's part yeah. of Nolan's approach to the film. So in general, as a war film, it's it's trying not to glorify war, obviously. Yes. But it's not got any of sort of the heroism. Same Private Ryan, a very gritty, anti-war film. It does show sort of the heroism of war, sort of the macho yeah. combat and everything it's else going just... on. There's people getting shot to pieces, it's horrible, there's screaming and gore, which this film doesn't focus on. This film focuses more on... There's a lot of... There's pretty much no gore. It's, it's a lot of very... 12A rating for a war movie. Yes, and there's so... It's trying not... And you, it's, there's always a balance with um, gore of trying to be... Not be gratuitous. Yeah, it um, leans into glorifying but, you know, war as... Yeah, sort of but, you know, Private Ryan used it to an end. 
not every film has to use gore. Not every film has to not use it. It depends on what the director wants to say and say yeah. and do, which um, I think is general consensus among how how films should be made. <laughs> do, you know, yeah, but otherwise, every film would be the same film. Use but, gore yeah. or don't use gore, depending on where you think it would fit. I, yes, I didn't feel like we've looked at some reviews and some of them complain about the lack of gore and viscera as making. I wouldn't say that's I a problem. I think it had been a different film, and it might have been an interesting way to take. But with, yeah. with what he was trying to do, anyway, it wasn't integral. It to didn't it. make it sense because it. it's more about the existential threat of this enemy you never see, and people moving into the beach, being pushed, mm. and the evacuation itself. That said, I think what he's trying to do is part of the problem because he does what he wants to do very well. Despite the fact I wasn't following the time frame at all. No, I got confused by that as well. Actually. So I think that was needlessly complicated. We, it's that they play out over different lengths of time as well. I think well, you which can makes it confusing because basically, basically, it's instead of doing right. a bit oh, of dramatic okay. license to put a few dramatic bits together, hmm. he just puts it all in different different places. It just made it was a, it was a very weird idea and was irrelevant when I was watching the film. It's only it really occasionally when you yeah. go. Oh, that bloke, isn't he on some boat trying to get... Isn't he in Britain now or have got away somewhere? Mm, and he yeah. going, what's he doing now? now he's on the, the boat. boat. And that was, yeah. that was the only time when... Is this a time? Is this a different time frame? Yeah. So that was all needlessly complicated, which is a shame because he has done complicated time stuff in Memento. Yeah, he's... And, in, it's, and Inception. Inception, which was confusing, but in a fun way, like been lost yeah. in a maze sort of thing. It was like, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I think the best summary of Inception I've ever heard is a smart movie for dumb people. It makes you. It, it does very well. It's not actually that complicated. But it makes you feel clever. This, I think, it didn't make me feel stupid for not getting it, but just felt like the film was. Is this a, um, a dumb film for smart people? Uh, I think it might be. Maybe. Well, a lot of smart people very, 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 very much like it. Yeah, I didn't think it was like some that people absolutely clever. love it. Yeah, no, it's been fun though for a lot, and um, we were quite surprised. We didn't. It is important to note, I guess, that we didn't watch it at the cinema yes. or in IMAX, so we didn't get the big spectacle, which has been talked about a lot, because Nolan tends to shoot for but with what it's screens. But with what it's been put forward with, I uh, I mean, I saw Saving Private Ryan on, like, an old cafe TV in a cupboard it was on harrowing. Channel 5, had adverts. The, the it was a VHS recording, and it was brilliant. Always harrowing. It was absolutely harrowing, and it was absolutely brilliant. That was just on a crappy old telly, mm-hmm. VHS, recording with Channel 5 adverts. And it was still... And brilliant. probably a news update in the middle, like these <laughs> on Channel 5, for some reason. And uh, there's no point to have gripes about how Channel 5 meant you had to put all your VHS tapes on long play. There's no point I mentioned about, but... It'd be like a 30-minute news break. Yeah, yeah. But oh, it did. It did mean. Movie. I mean, I lost. The, I missed the end of Troy. So many films because of that. <laughs> it was really annoying. Going, what is the news in this? It's just Troy. It's a, yeah, well, <laughs> they didn't say this would happen. <laughs> but anyway, I think the um, the film is certainly nowhere near anything like Private Ryan and things. It's got oh, God, no. It's yeah. competently put together, oh, except in terms of the time scale, where I think needlessly complicates. It doesn't it actually work. Like it and it feels to me. Everyone raised about the spectacle and everything else, say it was really tense. Yeah. I couldn't find it tense, despite how all these special effects panned out, despite how visually brilliant and uh, technically well done. Yeah. The Spitfire stuff did, but they had that things great. about I, the way it was shot. The sky just looked um, sort of absolutely huge and brilliant. Yeah. It just had this, this feeling, but it was a real place you could go and push around and the tactics yeah. all felt real. Yeah. And I did have a sense the dog of danger felt there. Genuine when they did. The dog fights and the tailing had a real physicality to it, which was very important. 
But the problem is, at the bottom of all of this, we've had the Battle of Britain film, the old Dunkirk film. And although these didn't have these special effects or um, wizardry, they had proper characters which you cared about. And in this film, there are I didn't really care about any, any of the characters. I couldn't name anybody. And I think it's a problem with the approach of this film where it's saying it's trying to do a very flat idea. Because obviously Dunkirk in... British mythology is this great, right, huge, this yes. great huge event. This little British boats come out. We save, um, save everyone from uh, yeah. from the, the horrible Nazis coming over, Pull which back, they were. And then you beat, and, and all the little boats, and, and it was like a bit yeah. of a miraculous event. It was, of course, a propaganda thing. But in the end, it was a genuinely amazing yeah. thing. Three hundred fifty thousand yeah. people taking on get off the little beach. fishing boats and people volunteering happen. and helping out, and the sort of the spirit there. And what he tries to do is sort of flatten that do the whole a war's a bit morally dubious isn't it yeah not this not war, this war of all the wars not this one this one was very but, clear cut and even following that he doesn't because there's plenty of morally films that say wars morally dubious, like vietnam war films and things but there's characters you care about and it's all about yeah. the soldier next mm. to you and all this even in a war film where it's following I mean, even the film Stalingrad, which actually shows a German perspective. Wait, I know. I was thinking of Enemy at the Gates. Oh, no. Which with Jude Law. Who? I like, I, I like it. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this another time. It sounds like there's a conflict there. I'm not a big fan of it. No, I like, I like it. <laughs> I've not seen Stalingrad. Yeah, yeah so that's interesting, because that's from the German perspective. And you do, and Dust Boots as well, and things like that. Yeah. You get actual real humans, you get joking, and you get sort of. Uh, people having discussions fixed. on this you've got yeah. everyone's absolutely silent in this well. there's no chatter there's no sort of um, discussion when he comes onto the beach and sees the French bloke who we don't know is French mm. at the time very soft. they just sort of oh, he's yeah. having a shit and doesn't even bother to like say oh sorry mate I didn't know we weren't supposed <laughs> to shit here I should have dug a hole it's 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 so, it felt to me like all of the soldiers on the ground were acting mm. as though they were aware of the historical weight of the moment itself, mm. even though they couldn't be because it, it was yet to happen to them. It was sort of everybody acting, everybody's very sombre, everybody was almost completely mute for most of it. Yeah, everybody so defeated, even in bits where you would get this out. sort of, this chatter and some sort of, hu- you would get humour and discussion, yeah. or a very least... Just standing silently. Talk. When, when you got thousands and thousands of people on the beach getting shot at. Someone's going to say something at yeah. some point. There was absolutely... There was no camaraderie among the soldiers themselves. Nobody really tried to help each other. There's a bit where... Which I thought was definitely the weakest bit of the film, where they managed to get their way onto a boat of a Dutch fisherman, and then all of these soldiers turn on each other because one starts a rumour that one's a spy, and then it turns out... Yeah. He's a German spy, it turns out he's French. It's yeah, just... he's French and Nixon, British clothes. It's melodramatic and pointless it's as well. It's In such a great epic scale. confusing. I was genuinely a bit confused by what was actually going on in that scene. It's like, there's Germans on the beach, but I thought they were on the beach with all... The word I'd use is um, very contrived. Yes, it was trying to generate a There was scenario. enough going on. There was enough drama yeah. in the Dunkirk yeah, evacuation. In the events of Dunkirk. World War II. little... Uh, schism happening inside a boat that doesn't really mean anything. Every, all of the soldiers just come across as uh, sort of pathetic. Yes, that's right. Very, very. I think that's cowardly. deliberately as well. I yeah. think that's very deliberate. In in distinction, particularly to the officers who mm. are painted, you know, uh, primarily through Kenneth Branagh, who are painted as noble, self-sacrificing. Kenneth Branagh at the end is the one that stays behind for the French. 
Yes, we, he we goes, about, oh, we've got to look after the French, because all the working-class soldiers, they... Yeah. The, the, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like the Dark Knight Rises, or like, yeah, and the 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 proles can't be trusted to look after each other. You know, the drop of a hat, they'll all turn on each other. So it's the uh, the officers and the managers yes. that need to. Step I'll try in and hold off on this because that <laughs> I mean that does really affect the enjoyment of the film because yeah, again, does, what uh, he is trying to do, I think he set off with the wrong intention of how to make the film, the wrong outlook on yeah. the Second World War, and. It has flattened. <laughs> well, yeah, that came through, it has yeah. it has flattened the characters. First of all, just talk about the characters. I think first, well, that's, and then that's we'll move big on. Air quotes around characters. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the point. So you've got like uh, Mark Rylance's character. Is it Rylance? Uh, Mark Rylance. Yeah. As Who's very Mr. good. Mr. Dawson. Mr. Dawson. Not that I knew his name. Yes, but spends a lot of time looking very sort of sage and well gathered. But annoyingly noble. Yeah, annoyingly noble. Well, you just got to get on with these things, haven't you? Yeah, he's almost bloody. You can imagine they're saluting with a Union Jack flying in the background as the ship goes down. Yes, like that, but without any of the patriotic pomp and interest. Yeah, it's... Yeah, 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 just a dull, self-sacrificing blandness. Very, very flat characters. And you've got the only... The real tension between characters, it all comes from the British... um, Soldiers, and when you get um sort of, uh, oh, we're already getting. But the problem is, I think the, the, <laughs> the I think the politics infect the film far yes. too much, it's which is obviously well. Let's just it's it's got a very um post Brexit liberal feel to it. <laughs> whatever you whatever you feel about it, it does have this. The British working class are all very racist, xenophobic. Yes, you've got this very pointed scene of the French coming on and saying, "Oh, we're the only English coming on here." Um, yeah, like it's, and yeah. which apparently did happen to some extent, or at least early on in the in the actual history with the French but, in defence of France. But that this whole painting the British has been very cowardly and very young, young face naive as well and scared. But yes. what this was not a conscription army; it was, was an expeditionary war, force, yeah. professional force. Uh, number two, I mean, and you can have historical inaccuracies and things, but I think it becomes quite. When something's in, within living memory, to misrepresent yeah. it and know better, and, I and, do and think. insulting misrepresentation of that. You know, it, it paints everything as a wholesale retreat, purely self-interested soldiers. You know, there's the character of Killian yes. Murphy, who is rescued from uh, the sea by the um, civilian vessel, and then who immediately tries to get them to head back to Britain because he doesn't want to go back. Every British soldier on the ground seems to be a coward, Running from everything, even though the British I know it's fought the Germans. very strong rearguard. Yes, they did. There were two regiments of Gloucester. They, got me, but one of them, one regiment was taken prisoner. Mm. Another regiment, because of course the French were doing rearguard action as well, and that's right they to be uh, right to be recognised yeah. in the film. But to paint it as oh, it's the French are left behind, the British are just dumping them. Yeah, the fact is there were two British regiments. They were doing rearguard actions, fought very hard to defend the beach. One of which were imprisoned. Uh, for the rest of the war in mm. uh, camps, and then the other ones uh, were executed by the SS. And to not pay, what to have something within living yeah. memory, you've had uh, Dunkirk veterans watching this, but to have something within living yeah. memory and paint it with this this snivelling attitude that the British soldiers yeah. have. Everybody's pathetic and nobody <laughs> speaks. Everybody, you know, they're just sort of silent uh, sheep essentially being moved around as needed they don't communicate there's no collective solidarity which doesn't make sense because they're soldiers they're entirely trained to work as 
units and to support each other and you know they're comrades in arms but there's absolutely no sense yeah. of this it's literally everybody for themselves and notice the germans are very yeah it's, and it's like an american disaster film like uh, yeah some, well yeah was it uh sam andreas joined the rock johnson oh, sorted everything we out like to, uh, so we got plans to do a uh <laughs> a series about <laughs> careful though. <laughs> a side series about what like uh, terrible films that are actually worth watching, or just uh, I think films that deserve rubbish. Well, I think films that deserve a bit of a second look is a better one to do. Like uh, Noah, like no, films yeah, that are, that's definitely on the horizon. We will be talking and, about, uh, but Noah. that's unrelated except the fact a lot of water is involved. Yeah, was, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I guess you know, ultimately, I think Noah might be the better movie, or at least the more interesting movie. I think it was a. It had a better commentary on the refugee crisis than um, than this. Yes, it did. Uh, but just to go back to the, uh, the how the British troops are presented, so you yes. got the German existential threat, and it's quite knowingly saying this is a war film without the actual war. You get a few bullets going from the Germans. You, you get really the planes. See them. You don't There's see an actual two German. Germans, you see. Yeah, but that's only you only see the right planes, the which is very yeah. different to. They're on the horizon. They're sort of always over the hill. About to come, then. Yeah. Looming, What's that coming over there. the hill? It's a Nazi, uh, a Nazi, <laughs> Nazi army a of Nazi. death who are going to imprison people and commit genocide. They're not like uh, they're, they're the baddies, it's, basically. It's very clear. This is, the bad guys you know, in this uh, I'm not trying to be it's like easy. doing this whole defending British legacy church and everything. No, yeah. This but is like you've got. They were Nazis. Appalling. <laughs> we've done appalling things, the British, and we should all be very guilty about it. But However, this one, this is not. This one one's them. just lettuce. This one's with all the caveats. Without this, we would not have been able to fight the Germans and ultimately. Yes, in so the war. that's the position yeah. I come to. I really think the Nazis are the baddies, and you know yeah, what? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm going to stand by. I'm going to die by that cross. Yeah. I'm going to die by I that cross. I will be there. I'll be the the who was it that died next to Christ? The thief that was also announced. I'll be that guy. You'll be the uh, the. Thief. I'll be the, the one, the one who, for Brian that sings always look on. You'll be <laughs> you'll be the thief that's like, you yeah, know, this Jesus guy's alright. Don't like the Hitler guy though. Yeah. Controversial. It's controversial nice. this day and age. Right? I, yeah. But no, so it's an existential the threat. But the only people the only people that are actually a danger, especially to the civilian population, yeah. are the British working class. <laughs> not because the officers. Notice the only the only person, the only civilian who gets killed in the old Dunkirk film, mm. the equivalent of the Mark Rylance film. Is in, in, I'll, I'll mention a bit about right. the old Dunkirk film because it is much more yeah. interesting. This is the civilian. But it's the civilian boat, going over in the boat. Boat He's boat a much more interesting character. There's a lot more things uh, about the civilian population. Yeah. You don't see. You see him leave Britain to go on this voyage, but you don't get to see any of the background of the characters and things. In the old Dunkirk film, you got people going in the pub and things discussing the war, talk about the whole the phony war, how some of the civilians aren't. On side uh, yeah. and things, or just going, this isn't a real war happening, it's or people talking war. about profiteering from the war and things, and then merchants say, saying, oh, you, there is a real war going on, coming with one arm. That's and then you got someone, he got someone else, no, a bit of a character that. arc, and actually he's a cowardly, but then he goes goes to um, join the people on Dunkirk because yeah. there's a sense of guilt, he's not gone out and done his bit and things. It's a patriotic sounds thing, like it's but it's got actual character. But it has, it? it's got real depth and character. It's not just a black, it's not like some of these uh, propaganda film type things. Yeah. And it's got a lot of people, you know, the, the bloke who plays a merchant navy fuller and that is actually hmm. someone who was in the merchant navy with like oh, right. very underappreciated heroes of the war. They've never had a medal. The dogs have had medals. <laughs> The Merchant Navy the went Navy. getting vital supplies yeah, uh, and were getting shot down by U-boats without defence most of the yeah. time. 
many of whom died horrible attrition rate. You know, I've killed some of them. It's, the yeah, so he looks games. at some of them and looks at a lot of these. Um, looks at the broader broader society. Uh, but this bloke's very interesting, and he gets you. you well, I'm going to spoil this 1958 film for people. No, if you're not but it, you can watch it, and it doesn't matter watching yeah, the film knowing. But he basically gets killed by a bit of shrapnel or something from from one of the German planes while yeah. he's rescuing people on the beach. In this one, the only civilian to get di- who di- who dies is it's someone who's kids. kid who's got no real character points of and he's the derpy kid ended up on the boat, and he gets pushed over by. Uh, Killian, Killian Murphy's Murphy. character in what in seems to be a very, a again, of... contrived melodramatic circumstances. Yeah, not really explains. And it's not, as far as I know, it's not a historical event which actually happened. I don't think some soldier pushed a kid over and he got no, said it was very... even even if it did, it'd be a very selective choosing of things. To, that's a very freak incident to, to have happened. Show if it, that, like this one thing, and I doubt, really, I doubt really? it did happen. Seeing as this character's already a composite of someone who's portrayed well, differently, there, there were a lot of very. But it is, but this civilian is killed by a British soldier, not by the Nazis. Yeah, and it's sort of there's there's lots of contrived bits. There's a bit where one of the pilots that we're following crashes in the sea. Yeah, and then the which is cinematically and interesting. And it's and a good scene, but it feels a bit corny almost yeah it? he's the the plane's sinking in the sea and the canopy won't open he's bashing on it and the boat gets to them you know one second after he's sunk into it and it's it's good cinema but it can't help but feel just so completely contrived and forced as a scene it's like oh and then they're gonna save him with you know one second to spare before he drowns because it's for- got a lot of those moments from all all of these contrived scenes and things, in a lot of films you'd be going, oh dear, what's going to happen to mm. him? I really like that boat. They're not characterised. You don't know anything about yeah, them. I don't, you you don't... I, don't, I can barely distinguish them because I mean, all of, particularly the British soldiers, the Tommies, are completely indistinguishable. I mean, Private Ryan, on the other hand, it does build the characters. All characters However, yeah. you remember all what's them. very well done about Private Ryan is the first scene, it takes you, apart from the, the, the best bit of the film, which is the 90s graveyard scene, <laughs> yeah. Is that an Onion film review reference? It is, but it, is, it, also, it does also happen at the start. Because the first thing you say with Brian is, uh, saying Private Ryan is him in the um, in the great, yeah. in the great uh, Normandy oh, yeah. um, cemeteries. <laughs> the Onion review, they're talking about the special effects budget. <laughs> the graveyard scene at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think it's good. But, yeah. but you, you know, but, uh, there was an old bloke who was in the war. That's exactly. all we know about yeah. him. And then straight into the scene yeah. everyone remembers, the D-Day scene. You don't get any chatter and things. You've got people throwing up, handshaking, but you do get character establishing yeah, shots. You do sort of immediately sort of care about these people. They've got certain personality traits, and just you get you yeah. dive into this, mm. and you just feel it feels quite genuine how they have a react the way they sort of get on, and um, there's absolute chaos. But you can they, see how people's personalities they, yeah. push through, and you can see how that happens in the combat without um, necessarily. And of course, yeah, there's some dialogue in that, but it. But it brings forth what the characters are like, and you feel as individual characters, and that they've been fought through and developed before they shot that. Mm. In this, you don't have that there's, sense. There's no characters really. There's no characters, even though there's plenty of dialogue, and they've all got. They're all really dull archetypes. I'd say. Yeah, it really expresses a sense of sort of solemn duty and self-sacrifice, as again, as though they know the historical mm. significance of it. I think. Perhaps the problem is that it's a film about Dunkirk that's been written 
as if the people within it know how significant the yes. event is afterwards of the legacy that it will leave. Because you don't makes get, it I mean, what in the old film you get, the 1958 yeah. film, and probably right, you have the, the um, fully you know, you have the like chatter it. in the church, you got the talk about um, mm. people saying, oh, well, what, someone fell out of hayloft yeah. or something, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, you have like genuine <laughs> conversation, which people have, because people in the war were still just people the like us. Matt Damon tells uh, Tom Hanks about when he's... Yeah, when it's brilliant, it's genuinely like genuine. really funny. Yeah. I think they, I'm pretty sure I think that's, that they ad-libbed that. I it's got a very. It feels like a real conversation, it doesn't it? Like and you see him cracking you get up. These little moments of tenderness that make you care about the characters and see genuine connection. But this has nothing. Nobody and the old, the old Dunkirk it. film, as well as having a much in, more interesting, the characters are better developed. You got John Mills, a fantastic actor. Yeah. Richard Attenborough, John Mills, Richard Attenborough. You know exactly what sort of film it's exactly. going to be. But it's a good one. <laughs> and uh, but it has these these well developed characters. It's got looks at the general society, what's going on, yeah. bit of bit of the blitz and that sort of thing. And it has good <laughs> characters. You need yeah, them. No, you need those to care. Same with Private Ryan is incredibly special. And the chatter, but, but the extras the on the beach as well. You have little amusing bits. So you've got actual chatter on the beach yeah. and things, which actually makes sense. And after the bobby, you get sort of the people. you get sort <laughs> of the the bobby on the beach. You have sort of the British dark humour sensibility, which I do think you you do get that. And you listen to British That's army songs compared yeah. to some other ones. You hear like the American ones. It's like hey ho, we're going to Osama's cave and we're going to do women. Hey, this that sort of thing. Whereas I don't know. What... That's an actual US army. <laughs> yeah. The French ones, it's all sort of it's they got some very ironic but quite fluffy sounding um, war songs. Mm. Which all it just works for the yeah, French, also, yeah, the, who are in this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the British songs, you get sort of hang up the washing on the Siegfried line, and this very dark, yeah, very well, dark like humour sort um, of thing. The the Wipers Times, the satirical news, yeah, published. Absolutely, by, I've got to watch that series. Actually, uh, it's very good. It's uh, is Toby yeah. Jones in it. He might be. If he's not, I'm like, don't, got, I won't bother. Some heroes, so, but, uh, in case anybody else hasn't seen it, BBC did like a three-part miniseries. Yeah, it's, it's the World War One, isn't it? About, yeah, about the yeah the Battle of a, Ypres wipers. Uh, wipers Ypres. Uh, because the British soldiers like us can pronounce uh, Ypres. Ypres. They published the Wipers Times, which is like a satirical newspaper made entirely mm. by British ground troops. But that's a real that's a real sensibility. Which but, these British soldiers have, and I'm, you know, pretty sure over it. Still they do went have to carnivals and uh, dance halls and the theatre and vaudeville shows and everything. You know, they weren't all stood there po faced. There was a dark gallows. Yeah, and what you get in the, I mean, there's a great bit in the. Uh, I always remember the front. It's only a very minor bit in the film. Mm. But it's the Germans just strafe the beach. You got a bit of bombing going on. Yeah, and you just hear the usual. You got the big crowd. And you hear someone go, "We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die." And then you just hear someone, "You will bloody die in a minute if you don't bloody shut up or something like that." And yeah. you, it's like, <laughs> it's quite funny with that. But you go, "That's what. That's more likely what it would that be." Feels more real. And you've got people who do remember the actual event or being yeah. in the war in this film as well. Which this film, uh, the Nolan film, doesn't doesn't it, have. It's weird, isn't it? And it doesn't mean you can't do an interesting new take on the war, or you know, remaking the old Dunkirk film be pointless. Yeah. But using the new special effects, taking the new takes, fine. They've just taken the, the no, wrong approach, no and it's just absolutely. And it's like it's very cold. It's cold. It's flat, and Almost, uh, I think deliberately, it just it, it's deliberately yeah. trying to be revisionist and undercut Dunkirk mm. being. 
Dunkirk's supposed to be that bit. You have a little bit of a tear going down. You have a brave oh, little wow. country. And, uh, <laughs> Lucky ba, 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 da, 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 it's, it's very much. But it doesn't do like, that. Uh, Which it doesn't need to, but it doesn't have anything interesting to say in its stead. Yes. Because, like, whereas the, the 58 version was, it was very recent living mm. memory. and then It's like making a war about, it's like making, um, I suppose the equivalent is going to be when Black Hawk Down was made, it's about mm. as far away from that, or um, yeah. something like, uh, what's the one about the bomb disposal unit? Uh, Hurt Locker. It's around that sort or, of... Uh, Generation Yes, Hill it's well, something yeah. of that sort of, um, that closeness to the event. Yeah. So it's something... Because those feel real and genuine because they are built on the recent accounts of people who are actually there. Whereas this feels like something that was built yeah. on the, the the memory of Dunkirk and that memory as it moves out of living memory yeah. into mythology. And it's just on the cusp of turning yeah, into we're that, just on, We're just on the verge of World War II fading out of living memory and being just... Mythology at this point, but it's become it's, it's become this sort of. I think is it fair to say it's postmodern? I suppose because it is looking at the 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 actual narrative of Dunkirk, trying to yeah. undercut it and go against this uh, twisted twist twisted Again, narrative yeah. into being something else. Like Regardless when Churchill, the famous, uh, the iconic speech, where the Churchill speech, which I like to mind a bit, it's just like um, I didn't find that. Harry Styles' mate just reading it in a very flat way. Yeah, I, I and I thought may as well just left it out. Yeah, fair, I'd right. rather they left it out and had a beer off the people giving them beer on the train. We are. Not, That's what I'd have done. We're like we're definitely not apologists for Winston Churchill. That is clear. But that is he was a very good speechwriter, and that is an incredibly rousing and important speech, and it's sort of of the canonical in British history and so. Think I can see what they were trying to do, yes. and it had that the way it was. Played, but if it wasn't, it wasn't said it was like because it's supposed to be this the ordinary British soldier, yeah, just the soldier who is called Tommy. Which, for Christ's sake! So, <laughs> yeah, it, mm. so easy to but he's nothing like the average Tommy would have been at yeah, all. Yeah. And him, him just reading because I'm not to be able to read that speech, he needs to have earned the right to be the voice of the but British, had, yeah, the average British soldier. Thing nobly and. In a way that was self-sacrificing, that was genuinely trying, willing, and desi- you no, know, because they're defeated by that point. They think everybody in Britain hates them. They've given up, and then for him to read that speech feels really disingenuous. It's meant to. It's a speech about, at least to me, about continuing to fight another day. To say that this is not the end of the war. Yeah. We are going to continue fighting. We're going to fight every inch of but ground. But instead, he's just a mopey yeah. twat, isn't he? They've, they've and it's, it's like the old thing, you say, that kind of attitude didn't win us the war, did it? Yeah. And it is. It's like, and they wouldn't have won if they were that pretty miserable. Like if them, everyone was yeah. like them. If everybody in World War II <laughs> was how these people are represented, then everybody would have just given up as soon as the Germans pointed a gun at the bloody cliffs of Dover. But again, it has it's it's got this Brexit Brexit message, I think, of being a very and whatever you uh, I think we've got both sides of the debate covered on no, this I th- one. No, I think you're right. It's an uh, but, it's an anti-working class sense. Yes, which Definitely. you get in the rest of Nolan's work. It's very clear. Particularly yeah. like for Dark Knight. I mean, Batman's the billionaire, classic billionaire sort of capitalist. And uh, Interstellar to an extent. Oh, well. I've not like, seen that uh, one, but it's got an element of. There's uh, Matthew McConaughey is sort of the big bold pioneer and the people that work in the 
it's very confusing, but they're farmers, the general workers on earth as being conservative and backwards looking and weak and effeminate. But yeah, it's definitely a thing that runs through Christopher Nolan's work. This and idea yeah. of the lower classes being unable to manage themselves. Yes, they're a scary mob and they're just sort of moody, confused, confused yeah. and violent and vicious and not good and they're cruel not good and people. horrible, unlike the noble aristocratic officers. Yeah. Which I mean, it reminded me. I mean, that stoic British work, uh, British officer in fairness would be a real. It is a real bunch, but there were decent yeah. working class people out there as well. Like, well, yeah, probably a lot more. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, uh, the Grand La Grande Illusion by Jean Renoir, which is a film about. I know it's we've had Brexit, about, Alex. <laughs> no, that's so true. It's a. I think it's a nineteen thirty. Uh, French film, but it's about World War One, and it's got mm. this thing of the uh, a running theme is kind of the the sense of community that officer classes, mm. which traditionally very much more aristocratic, felt with each other in World War One across the national lines. Like the French officer and the German officer feel much closer to yes. each other than they do with the working class troops. Which, if the working class troops cottoned on, you'd have more rushes going on, wouldn't you? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it also, the film ultimately sides, in, I think, in the right way with the soldiers on the ground. Yes. It views them as, you know, there's this running thing throughout the Grand Illusion of the aristocratic officers as being outdated. They're of a past Europe that doesn't mm. really exist anymore. And of course you've got the fact the royal families were all the uh, yeah, all related, related, like they're yeah, all cousins like Nicholas. Hey, it's cousin together. Nicholas. Yeah, oh yes, I've killed a few million of his <laughs> um his uh, subjects, and, yes. And the film He starts to find rights for rule. How quite old old uncle Because <laughs> <laughs> the sympathy ultimately lies with the soldiers on the ground, whereas this is that's the that's the sound we love. <laughs> Whereas this film, it it feels a revulsion. that's actually my kneecap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it feels a, a revulsion to the soldiers on the ground. Yes, and a sympathy or a it, it feels like the truly heroic characters are the aristocratic officers, the the posh. Yes, because the working class pilots. soldiers. They're pushing the French away, going, you can't come on, we've had enough, there's not enough room for you, we're not going to make space for you, which um, is just not true of how people are. Yeah. And people are very generous. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, particularly in wartime. Yes, yeah, particularly in war time. As Dunkirk shows very clearly. It's and I think you'll find, just as a general rule to life, people with no money are a lot more generous than people who have it, because that's yeah. why they have money, because they're not generous with that. They didn't get, yeah, yeah. They didn't get money by, <laughs> giving, it by giving it away, didn't they? But, you know... But the you know the stoic officer there's a, there's a, there's a space for that um, that sort of thing because it is a real it's a real archetype mm. and there were there were these people Kenneth Branagh's character is a composite of different characters apparently there is an yes. actual figure who I believe died uh, in the battle oh, okay who is actually I remember there was a controversy I'm going to have to look it up again but yeah. the uh, the relatives were very annoyed but Kenneth Branagh sort of played this role but was very similar to right. um, an actual figure at Dunkirk yeah. who. I can't remember if they died or not, but anyway, it changed it enough, but it was uh, quite upsetting to the um, relatives, but they'd actually taken this oh, very right. close character out. Um, but the, the fact he is the character at the end, the Kenneth Branagh 
Kenneth Branagh character. He's the only one who says Kenneth Branagh. The the Branagh. (laughs) The Branagh character. The Branagh character. Well, he's good in uh, Henry V. Yes, he turned up for this. But he does the... Um, he doesn't do many great speechy moments either, uh, Kenneth no. Branagh. You Which, don't get to see his... Because um, so he is a potato it? mouth. I, I mentioned he's, this. But he never actually opened his I, I mouth do. enough to reveal the, the, the potato he When he's doing a good Shakespeare beat, he probably goes all out. And it's fantastic when he does that. come out. You know, we few, we happy few. It doesn't do... You don't Not get any of us. No. You don't have any of that sort of... Um, Sort of thing because it would have too much blood and passion in it, which um, you don't get in this film. But he's no. there, and he says, "Well, we're off to Blighty now, aren't we?" So I'm going to stay because let's the four for the French. I'm here for everyone. Yeah. And the whole uh, just to address statistically what this film's saying, <laughs> uh, there let's, were let's get the numbers out. There were some three hundred fifty thousand uh, people taken from that beach, rescued and, rescued yeah. and evacuated successfully. Uh, the film presents it as the British pushing these French away and like, giving them second dibs. Yeah, British first. One hundred and twenty thousand, or somewhere in that, uh, somewhere within that ballpark. That. About a third of the men taken from Dunkirk and evacuated were French. That's hardly. There's hardly an afterthought. Isn't that's it? hardly that's going. Hard, yeah. Oh well, I'll we'll say, have a couple a in. I'll put a couple on the dinghy, and then we've done our bit, haven't we? Yeah. So I think that's very disingenuous, and I do think that is this film taking, using political, trying to be about the politics of today, and uh, getting those wrong as well. Like, mm. oh, yeah, uh, but absolutely. using a very important real historical event to do that. That's uh, not to say you can't use World War Two or to, historical things to yeah, look to at. Make a contemporary point. I mean the uh, the great film that uh, just a couple of examples like the film Danton. Mm. Is a film that's more about sort of the Soviet Union yes, and things yeah. than it is about the French Revolution because it's about the time the Berlin Wall fell down, Polish playwright. But that's interesting. And then you've got um, is, uh... Catch 22, the book, that yeah. is more about sort of the Korean War and the Vietnam War than it is about World War II. Mm. So, same as Too Late the Hero, the great the Michael Caine film, that's more about um, Vietnam. And But it's, it's using this in an interesting way. And you can directly be cynical about World War II as well. It's not like saying you can't, because the Nazis are so bad, criticise yeah. what's going on. I love Kurt Vonnegut and Slaughterhouse Five and um, right. I absolutely I've mentioned that in another podcast because every time I read a book I have to I don't get through many, so I have to mention it when I do. Film Splurge recommends Slaughterhouse Five. I yeah. But that's fantastic where talking about Dresden obviously the atrocities but the that the Allies carry the option out of reading as well. Slaughterhouse Five or watching Dunkirk Read Slaughterhouse Five. Or watch the old yeah. Dunkirk film. Or watch the old Dunkirk film. It, you can't get it. Copyright's really harsh for a 1958 yeah. film, but never mind. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. as well, Attack as well. I'd just like to mention that film. That is a brilliant um, American film, and it's got very snivelling, cynical officer <laughs> character, and you really hate him. Yeah. But it's got... It's a film about World War Two, but it's got a feel of Paths of Glory and things, but also a bit of a slightly exploitation film feel as well and it's got mm. some really horrible scenes. I think it's Jack Palance. He's got a fantastically craggy, worn face <laughs> for the role. But that's that's a film that's well worth watching because it genuinely is an anti-war film Yeah, set in World War II and a more far more anti-war than Private Ryan or something because it is actually taking quite a political anti-war stance. And again, I think influenced by Korean War and things that, things that followed and this anti-officer class idea. Um, but it does do it very well. 
and mm. brilliantly, and it never feels just meany mouthed and a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit just this, yeah. this horrible, um, just this bloodless affair that this film is. There's no passion. There's no, nothing none. in it, and there's that's an interesting way to look at. You can do like, but Kubrick made great war films about that with no passion per se. There were just great this technical coldness. Yeah. But he had but something to great. say, and they yeah. were fantastic. The fit, the scene in Barry Lyndon, where you've got the, uh, the the soldiers marching, getting shot down. It's done very coldly, distance, wide angle, and everything but else. There's a reason. There's a reason it's done that. like that, and there's it does give it, it. It gives it this slight, very surreal, uh, surreal sort of almost a satirical edge as well. It's all got the this but it does interesting things with it, basically. Yeah. This, this film this does not. It is just. <laughs> it doesn't. Know. It's just flat. And in the words of Vic and Bob, you're flat. You're flat, man. <laughs> I think um, one of the films I that, that sprang to mind when I thought about Dunkirk afterwards was um, Jarhead. Remember Jarhead? Yes, that was brilliant. And that's why because because <laughs> Jarhead also never shows. Uh, the enemy. It ne- you never really get to. See- I don't think you actually at any point get to see who it is they're fighting. In that Germany. makes sense with that war, though, doesn't but it? That, that's <laughs> the difference in Jarhead. The it's it a it's funny and it's humorous mm. because it you know, the humor comes from the absolute absurdity of the war itself. Yeah, it's an anti-war film that's trying to show you the absurdity of. A particular conflict. war, and that can work for all wars, including work. World War II to an extent. This does not manage that. It, 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 try, it hides the enemy in some sense, making them a looming presence, but Jarhead was funny and strange and cruel in many ways, but this just doesn't... It feels like it doesn't have anything as interesting to say as Jarhead did. Mm. And I think Jarhead is, like, in as an anti-war movie, definitely one of the best anti-war movies I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And an excellent film about, it's about the whole, war itself. Someone getting trained, war yeah. is for killing, and he doesn't has, actually get to kill anyone. That's, that's why I think it's... The, and I like that's... that the war, the praises of Jarhead. <laughs> then the war's all brought down to the whole, I'm going off to kill fantasy, yeah, which is very much... Yeah, he doesn't get um, to kill anybody, which is... And that is the central thing of, wonderful. in the end, a lot of war films are just a fantasy of going... The sort of called you, yeah, yeah, kill him. Oh, Even what if I was there? What would I do? Go, I would, you know, it's still the cathartic, visceral violence. Actually, um, interestingly, yeah. at my um, secondary school, we had a bloke <laughs> who was, he was one of the blokes who got shot down in the first Gulf War, British pilot. Oh, right. God. And it was interesting what he was saying, because he was actually like beaten and things by, mm. in the... Um, oh, while he was captive. While he was, while he was captive by the, by the Iraqis, beaten and uh, tortured. Uh, not like um, anything too bad, but like <laughs> relatively like speaking. beaten. And it was not. Yeah. It was not nice. He was beaten very badly and uh, a bit uh, mentally abused and things like yeah. that. But not, you know, didn't have like fingernails or anything like yeah. that yeah, sort no. of thing. But it was bad. Yeah, it was it very. Good. It was a bad situation. <laughs> he was in a. Fun. He was in a spot of bother. <laughs> uh, but he, it was very interesting. What what he was saying was. He talks to. He was saying when people ask about his experience, the women ask, "Oh, how did your, how did you feel, and how did your, um, how, you know, what did your family think? Were you worried about your family? Were they, yeah. how were they worried about you? How did your, how did your wife cope and all this?" To... And the men all ask, 
Would I be able to take it? Oh, uh, would I? If I was, because it is a thing. I think it's just something in the male mind. You go. If I was under torture, if there was something I really Can cared I about, do it? would I step up to the plate? Yeah, would I step it? up? Yeah. And he says, and he said he reckons most people, most people would. But I think all these war films have that. I think that's a core. It's got a very masculine thing. Most most war films have that. I want to go out yeah. and explore what I would actually be like. Where I think when I you, know, you play a computer a game, it's partly it's first person shooters and things as well. Mm. It's always you're putting yourself in there. You know what would I be like on there? And it's always good that idea. curiosity of yeah, putting yourself age. in this historical moment. Whatever would I would I be able to take it? Would I be any good? And and that can be undercut very interestingly in something like Jarhead. I think this film tries to undercut those, those uh, the the glorification of violence and even like the way, but even films that don't try and do that and take an ironic perspective are still wondering what it'd be like doing it. Yeah, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't have anything really interesting to say about it. Jar- Jarhead was, I think, an absolutely fantastic deconstruction of that very specific mentality of what it means to be called to war to train. To be a soldier, to to be trained to commit acts of horrendous violence and never get the catharsis of that conclusion, and I think that's something that should be explored in the context of the Gulf War. But with the story of Dunkirk, I don't think it is that kind of narrative, and I don't think you should be trying to tell a narrative like that with Dunkirk. You I should do it elsewhere. This is incredibly tepid iconoclasm. Yeah, I, th- I would yeah, say. I think because I think that's the tagline for the review, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it. Because what it's trying to do is being iconoclastic and but taking down, I, I, like, I, uh, taking down the yeah. big symbol. I'm going to attack. I, I'm going to attack it, but it doesn't do it with any. Dunkirk. It doesn't do it with any um, it. real. This it doesn't have any balls. <laughs> it doesn't do it. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't like, attack. It never stops to ask whether it should. Which no, is the other problem should you and if it wanted to be truly iconoclastic, it's not doing anything revolutionary like smash it. It's not like the iconoclasts and the who um where the term comes from is the people who I believe it's from the Reformationists who smashed up all the yeah Catholic destroyed um, icons Catholic stuff in the church. You go into any church now, you see all the noses and things have been sliced off. Well, the old saints things have been actually completely smashed, and it's a very violent sort of act. And that would be, I don't think that would be the right thing to do to the Dunkirk legacy. I think that would be probably yeah. very offensive, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but but, so it should be done. Do it. But if he's going to do it, do he's it properly, do or have something interesting with it. with it. He's not done that. He's so it not, is. Though. He's trying to do this, but it's all very... I think that's what, that's what he sounds like. I mean, there was a message at the end of the yeah. film as well, where it said um, dedicated to all those lives affected by um, yeah, and like, by the events of Dunkirk. What, like, like the Nazis? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was like, thinking. Really? <laughs> Are we going to say, oh, sorry, some Nazis died? Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's that, uh, that push But it's not even the, saying anything. It's not saying anything. It's just going, oh, that's more... That's more right on what you would say. Oh, I thought about this. And you go, actually, no. Sort of Be careful there. Relentless, bizarre push towards a sort of central position on anything, including World War Two. And at some point, you just got to say, no, that there was a correct position on World War Two, and it was against the Nazis. Yeah, and I think, is... again, I think it's... I mean, you're, you're, you probably know more about this than me, but the... I think 
this is Nolan giving a very postmodern look at the war, but there's no real great yeah. stories that like this, the war's got the great stories. I mean, a lot of it's false, a lot of it's myth about the British Isles and everything, but there's a big truth to that because there was a small island that did oh, stand yeah. up against so, the might of Nazi Germany and everything else, but you get it in Russia, you get it in America as well, and mm. you get these these things. And there was there's a dirty side to these, obviously. But there's a there is a truth to him. He's attacking a very clear uh, sort of mythologized symbol in British history. But my problem is he never seems to stop and ask whether he should. Mm. And like you said, he doesn't seem to have anything worthwhile to replace that with. He's attacking a myth, a myth. It seems. Uh, which it's like, okay, go ahead. But if you're going to do that, you need to have a reason to attack that myth in the first instance, and you need something good and worthwhile to replace that with. And he doesn't have either. If, if this is what we replace the myth of um, Dunkirk with in the British psyche, then I think the question everybody would ask is just, well, what have we actually replaced it with? I don't quite know what the message this is trying to convey mm. is, really. Well, it's nothing to say. There's a film called about the uh, partisans in the uh, the Eastern Front as well yeah. uh, called The Fog. Mm. And I found that to be very boring. It was, <laughs> it was all, and, and sort of, Offensively neutral as well because it was sort of doing oh, the whole right. thing of oh the the partisan yeah and it's bad. got this and it had it's got it's quite a good parallel actually which uh, I would say because I've come up with it uh, this parallel but basically uh-huh. don't watch, don't bother watching it it's like it's got some good visuals again but it's just just it's it's it felt the film the, the film the fog it felt like slowly bleeding to death. <laughs> But not in a good way. Not in a, you know, <laughs> not in a way we learn something about bleeding to death. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, but it's got the whole thing of the partisans being just as bad at raiding the civilian population as the Nazi well, sort of like, thing. No. And then at the end, the partisan instead of going out uh, in his last breath to go and shoot a couple of Nazis, he just mm. shoots himself in the head. And it's got this real bland despondence and greyness and because obviously the fog the fog of war am I, uh, uh-huh. oh, I get it oh, um, but it's got all that uh, element to it but it doesn't do anything interesting whereas you've got another film set in that period come and see oh, I was wondering that now would come up great <laughs> the great anti-war film it's horrific it's anti-war but it does make you go Bloody hell, the Nazis were bad, <laughs> they weren't were they? Bastards. They were absolutely horrible. And it's got great surreal imagery. It's got fantastic, yeah. um, fantastic work. And it does all that without this blandness. It has something to say. Yeah. And it's visceral and it's interesting. And this film isn't visceral. It's got it elements which have physic- got oh, some no. physicality it's to a 12A it. It's a 12A and yeah. things. And it's. It's it's okay for a film to be sort of twelve A, not have the goal like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, but I don't know what it was trying to do because and... the reason Gore wouldn't have suited this film per se is because it would have just been it would have been gratuitous because it wouldn't have used it properly or it wouldn't have said anything. It's just not very clear what this film is trying to say or what it's trying to add or do with this story. And it's a very important story. It's a very, you know, 
particularly now where there's lots of calls for revisionism about World War II, not least because Nazis seem to be a thing again. Yeah, we've got to watch uh, out for that. Because they've come back. And it to make something that seems to be revisionist about the role of Nazis in World War II and the Germans in World War II at this particular... Christopher Nolan said he didn't want to do politics with this film, but fuck off, Chris. You're always doing politics, and very clearly, and they're normally terrible. And <laughs> this... Nice. <laughs> and, and this just... Uh, it, it doesn't seem to... It feels like it doesn't have anything... It says things, but it doesn't have any clear idea of a statement that it's trying to make. And what it does attack, it feels like it should not have attacked it because it's really not the the moment to attack it. And also, mm. I don't think it's it's got any real ammunition to uh, to sort of point towards the British in this period because this is one of the periods where we can sort of say, no, I'm pretty sure we were doing the good thing here. This is this is a very morally unambiguous moment in british Mm. history it was a retreat we you know there was civilian aid of a military retreat from an invading force that had was literally bent on world conquest if there's any moment in british history that is not morally ambiguous it is dunkirk and to try and re sort of poke at that with a stick and try and Mm. see if there's threads that unravel there it, I don't know why Christopher Nolan felt that that needed to be done. I don't think it should have been done now, definitely. And I don't think there's really anything there productive that he you know, could and there, out there are from things, his approach. There are things in World War Two that would be interesting to make films Absolutely. Make it about uh, civilian bombing, about yeah, um, like Dresden or like the weird Dresden, shit that or happened in, in Asia, or look like, at yeah, like or, or look at Burma, that or look at. The Forgotten Army there, which is, uh, you know, soldiers are lost because we don't like to think about what yeah, happened over there. And it's confusing. That. It's empire, and it becomes a bit more confusing when it's two empires fighting. I even know, though, if guy. I had to pick one out of the two, I wouldn't be picking the Japanese oh, ones after, yeah. after Nanking. I draw a line. <laughs> and the rest. And the yeah. rest. Uh, it weren't great. I don't know what they'd have done if they got to India. But even so, you, there's things that. to say about the horrors that happened in India as well. The yeah. uh, What Churchill did in India with... Deliberately starving a lot of the population yeah, there. That would be an interesting area Absolutely. to touch upon. There's plenty of Do there's plenty of material. There. Dunkirk. No. It, if you're going to take on forward. a very big target like that, which is seen as this great sort of moral victory yeah. in the British um, consciousness, and I think rightly and so. And for good reason, yeah. If you're going to attack it. Do it properly and know what you're actually saying about it. Have a point that's worth. Don't doing just that be like for. every observer column in the last two years. Just go. Eh. Right. Uh, well, actually, yeah. yeah, it's it's a very it's it's, it's, it's very much um, well, a observer. Sure it's an observer yeah, colours supplement film, isn't it? Yeah, it, it feels very. Does it still have? Is it still got a colour supplement? Oh God! What was that? But yeah, it feels <laughs> it feels very smug. Oh, just read the mirror, man. You're not worth. In that, in in the sort of uh, liberal um, devil's advocate kind of way of like, well, weren't the British also the villains of Dunkirk? No, no, <laughs> no. Other other bits of the war and of war in general, absolutely, we've been terrible. Right, but in here, terms of there against the Germans. 
No. I so think. just saying something about um, uh, sort of, I think the refugee crisis as well is something that comes to light, and it's sort of this idea that we're class very anti-refugee and the yeah, French are almost treated like uh, sort of refugees or something because it's not just yes it's yeah. not just like it's all uh, sort of migrant labor and stuff it is like sort of you know the, the situation they're in is one where you want to get away from the Nazis don't you like if you're, yeah, you're going to get away from anywhere that's a place to get away from uh, but the old Dunkirk film as well actually it does show it it does show the the real refugees of that and a lot of the civilian refugees around France yeah getting mown down by German planes, which did happen. Mm. And it does show that. Instead of, and it, do, it does actually look at some of the the realities on the ground that affect the civilian population yeah. a lot better. Whereas this, it's just sort of... There aren't really there's a, There's not really civilians, except there the ones that go over who are Rylands. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah it's yeah, not real. The only real civilians are British civilians. Yes, well, the other film, it does actually show just... the, the human... Costs of Dunkirk a lot better than the fifty-eight one. If you believed this as an account of the actual historical events at Dunkirk, which it presents itself as, which it presents much. itself as, yeah, you'd think it was literally just British soldiers stood on that beach. There were no that all around Dunkirk was completely empty. I think it's a film that feels very empty a lot of the time. There's not; it's very sparse. The beach feels quite cold, and there's not. That many people there, in contrast with the number of people that actually were evacuated, it feels very kind of shallow in that way. But it, yeah, if you took this as a historical, genuine record, you'd think that the only people on that beach were British soldiers, and the only people in the air were British pilots, and about two. Of them. Yeah, because it's not stylized. It's not stylized in the way we go. Well, this is a bit an interesting or... take or an angle on it. Yeah, it's just it's like just, this, this is a great. Happened. This is like the old great epics where it's like like the Waterloo film or um, yeah anything like that where you it's go. like this is how the battle panned out These as close as we can do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to show you how it happened. And in that it presents itself like that, it feels very disingenuous. I think, and it yeah, I think the central problem is it seems to. Uh, attack the myth of or the memory even of Dunkirk without anything really to say yeah. about it. It doesn't have anything to put in the place of the icon that it's trying to remove just a sort of weird moral relativism that doesn't actually hold up under the closest you know, even the most uh, vague of scrutinies. Yeah, so the whole there's no great side. There's no side in war and things. Not always appropriate no. to World War Two. Also, a point that has been made much better. The whole idea well, of there's no good side. War is madness. You know what? Like, hundreds of years. Heads. The film, uh, the uh, the Russian film Arsenal does this as well with the famous <laughs> laughing gas scene. So there you go. There you go. There you go. I Don't. could try and find. I've got a DVD here somewhere. I can find what the oh, director's called. What's uh, his name? You carry you fill in this. I'm going to be a while. It's, I think it's near the uh, bottom of the pile. So uh, we we've talked a lot about our criticisms of Dunkirk. So I guess to give the review a bit of balance, we'll say some things that we did like. Um, oh shit! Sorry. Well, Jack searched for the DVD of Arsenal. Um, like I said, the uh, the air combat bits are very well done. They're very real. It's the right, literally at the bottom. <laughs> it's the last one. Alexander Dovenko. Dovenko. 
He does oh, very that's good. Not uh, Arsenal, that's Earth. Sh- he did no. He did the same. Oh, he did the film. same thing. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't actually have a copy of Arsenal. He's done other films. Yeah. It's part of his Ukraine trilogy. This is the last oh, yeah. one. Arsenal's the second one, and I can't remember what the first one's called. Ukraine trilogy. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, it's uh, it's hard work. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> difficult, but good and better than this. <laughs> uh, things that Dunkirk did well. Uh, we said the air combat. Yeah. Um, it's about it. Yeah, to be honest, like the it felt like there's a lot of independent moments which thought which could have been good. Like when he's running away, it's quite well done. The sort of I mean the music. The music's very good. The music which I you mentioned at the start. Up for a mu- an Oscar for its music, which I think is the only thing I've been willing to give. Yeah, that would be before. fair. The fair if it does that. Very, very good. I've not seen most of the films of last year, must be said. So, uh, but the music this was good in this. Them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even performance-wise, well, there aren't really any characters for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great cast. Like Kenneth Branagh, Kelly Murphy, Tom Hardy. Yeah, good actors, but just not. Give it, but actors need to be directed with something. There aren't any roles that they really. That's play what a director's yet. there for. But there's just no. There's nothing. There's no substance to these characters. Uh yeah, and that is the problem. It's it's a film that lacks character, whereas. The old Dunkirk's a proper old black and white film without special effects. It relies on characters. You got John Mills and these proper craggy old faces. You got proper ugly Saxon <laughs> British it. faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to be um, putting my temple across someone. I've just said Saxon, by the way. Uh, I mean, but you know, there's, there's a sort of people don't look like Tommy Cooper anymore, do they? <laughs> you don't get a Tommy Cooper face anymore. This, but it's like uh, one of the main characters is they're all quite by Harry Styles. Uh, Harry Styles, and they all look like if you look at the IMDb page and flick through the actors list, they they all look very similar. Yeah, they all look like they're from a bloody boy band. One Direction retreat. <laughs> God. <laughs> Might be the first. You uh, may be the first person to make that joke. Well, I've only just realised Harry Styles is in it, so is I'm not. It, a, yeah, but, but yeah, it's it, they're all very interchangeable. They they turn up, say a few lines, represent Christopher Nolan's general contempt for the working class, and then disappear afterwards. Uh, God, do we have anything else good to say about There's it? Not... I felt more positive about it after mm. I watched it than I do I... now after we talked not... about it. It's not that bad, but it is. <laughs> There's not much to say in its favour. No, yeah. There's not to say against it as a film. It yes. doesn't really work for me. It just no, the whole no, thing I mean. doesn't fit together. It's visually very good, but this is sort of all of Nolan's films. I've never been quite. Inception was alright. I enjoyed Inception a lot more. I think this is one I've least liked out of the ones I've seen. Yes. I thought the Batman ones. I've got my own. I think Batman should be. I like the Tim Burton ones better, but. But I can see why people really do like the new ones. Even though, again, I have the same politics disagreements, but I think that's less of a problem with Batman. Because Batman should be taken less seriously than Dunkirk. Even Batman though, didn't actually happen. Yeah, but <laughs> it's important. Christopher Nolan takes Batman about seriously as the events of World War Two. Yeah, and that's which is very seriously. Yeah. But that's that's a different kettle of bats. <laughs> We're not going to fire into that barrel of <laughs> bats. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, yeah, it. You've not seen Interstellar. Which is the film he did before this. Yeah. Up till this point, 
That was my least favourite Christopher Nolan film. It's getting worse. God, I like I Memento, and that's like one of his first ones, isn't it? I don't know whether I dis... I think I might dislike this more than Interstellar, because Interstellar was... I thought... Had and everyone loved it as well. Everyone... Everyone, Everyone absolutely loves Nolan. I really did not buy Interstellar. There's but what, what do you what do you think? Because people did really like this film. What do you think people like about it? I I don't know. Or Christopher Nolan, because I just don't hit the notes with Christopher Nolan. I know there are some people don't get yeah. certain comedians people love, and, and you just don't get it. Them. So maybe it's that. But I think I think people have been a bit over generous to him. I don't know quite. You, you know when you get I, a yeah. sort of following of. Everyone loves this film. I better love it because there are impressive things to it. Yes, it's got. But I just moments. think it's just to say it's the greatest war film ever made or no, up there with Private Ryan and yeah, things. That, that was it's where just I really. Oh, sorry, was. that's horseshit. This film cannot be mentioned in the same breath as Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is far and away. Yeah, it's not the Private better. Ryan all quiet on the Western yeah. Front, a category or anything. Yes. Yeah. There's, I guess there's the spectacle of Nolan's directing, and, and I think a lot of the good reviews came from people that saw it in IMAX and in big screen uh, screenings of this film, where maybe some of the spectacle of it comes through more. We watched it on just the TV screen, and it didn't really come through as much, so maybe if you saw it in a cinema, there was more of that effect. And I think Nolan is quite cinematic. He seems to understand quite well what makes something feel cinematic. But I think some of it definitely is people being taken away with uh, you know, a, a decision beforehand that they like Christopher Nolan, that he's very, he is a very good director, and he's done a war movie about Dunkirk. Ego, it must be very good. Because he's good. Are you gaslighting the opinions of other reviewers? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I think they, <laughs> I think consciously or not, they pre-decided that it was good because it was a Christopher Nolan movie, and he is, he is a. To be good, honest, I did sort director. of. I, I didn't. Great. I may not have gone into this film with the most open mind. No. I do have. I have got a problem with Nolan. I sort of guessed where the politics would that, go. Yeah, I had that. And my dad had been ranting to me about the film as well, very similar <laughs> lines. But I didn't have my dad ranting at me. About yeah, it, but, but I, I had was hanging yeah, about his politics because I thought I thought rises. you'd like it a lot more than I did. No, I, I really wasn't. And we're on the same sort of page. Yeah, and I think we were both. We're on different sides of the the referendum. And this said. is a very breakfast. We won't say which one. Guess and who's who. Both... <laughs> <laughs> and yet we both came away with the same opinion about this. Yeah. Maybe this I is think... what will bring the country together. Time to heal. Maybe it is a great film. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, Maybe they should yeah, make a yeah. second. Maybe they should make a second yeah, Dunkirk. Everyone I, would like I've that. I've not seen the original Dunkirk, and I was similarly. Not I wasn't really, there. But <laughs> neither of us was actually. I've been to Dunkirk. Have you seen another Dunkirk movie to compare it against? Mm. I, I'd seen Interstellar, which. Oh yeah, not, it's well worth watching. Which reiterates some of the problems I think that we both have with his politics that really came to the fore in Dark Knight Rises, where he basically showed that he um is scared of poor people. I think that's a good summary of his politics. Do you think that's fair? I think Christopher that's... Nolan is scared of poor people. I think that's fair. I, he's, I think he's genuinely scared about them. Um, yeah, and it, it just didn't really seem to hold up to 
Maybe if no, we watched um, it before the hype had rolled in with the reviews, we would have felt differently about it. I don't think so, to be honest. I, I do I think it's quite... How, I, I can't see how I would have been blown away by this, particularly. I think the politics of the film are quite obvious. Yeah, and not well chosen. It's a famous historical event. Everyone knows the general story of, or yeah. at least... I suppose for a lot of people, this will be the first telling of it, which is worrying. Yeah, it is, yeah. There is a an agenda. It's, it's pushing things too far the other way from the uh, yes. propaganda. I think the old film, because the old film, it's from the same sort of line of Ice Cold in Alex and films like that, which does mm. have a German character in it as well, who's like yeah. quite um, positively portrayed. Mm. Uh, portrayed, And they actually get on on a human level and things. Yeah. And that's a great, that's a fantastic film. It's the best advert for Carlsberg I've ever seen. <laughs> But that's you know, there's those great sort of films of that time. They're not, you know what I mean. They're not propaganda films. They're not like John Wayne's 1940s films where he's yeah. like recruiting people or Green Berets. They are like proper. They're proper films. They've they're got sensibilities. They got proper sensibilities, but they're like proper film. They're like Oakwood Studio and yeah. old Rolls Royce yeah. engine. Uh, camera Funny. production. Yeah, and way. the smell of. A lovely old pipe <laughs> and stuff like that. That was the producer. And a, a lovely cup of tea on leather, a leather wet Wednesday care. morning where you yeah. just sort of sit back and you go, oh, look, there's a John Mills film. I'll watch this. Oh, it's actually surprisingly well made. Good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's one of them. This is not one of those. This is cold. I, I think bordering on, if not outright unpleasant in a way, in the... In what it's trying to say, I think it's quite mean-spirited. Its heart is definitely in the wrong place and with the wrong people overall. It did capture the feeling of coming back from a holiday that's gone slightly wrong. And, like, you know when you're on the ferry and stuff and it's like this, right. like your coach back's been delayed back. or something. I want to go back. It has got that feeling of being just very tired and going, I can't really afford Weary, to buy yeah. breakfast on the ferry. And it won't actually be that good, even if I do get horrible. it. So it captures that. But maybe Nolan should wet. make a film about um, an awkward holiday. holiday. Yeah, I think he'd be better suited to that. But yeah, I I don't think we've drunk the Nolan Kool-Aid as much as other people. Because people raved about Interstellar, and I really was not sold on it. I found it... Like there's, there's this... What was it? The, the, the Dark Knight Rises or the Dark Knight rated like up there with Casablanca. And yeah, it's like it's, like when you look at IMDb rating. I like it. You know it's what? They're, really they're well made. It's sort of interesting. But you know, Batman, I'd give like the six or a seven. I don't know. Yeah, it's, Those I ones. enjoyed them. So I, I preferred, really I preferred well the Tim Burton ones. I did as well. Is it Danny DeVito as the penguin? Oh, oh, Danny DeVito is yeah. the penguin for me forever. When he bites that guy's nose. Oh, that's brilliant. great. And I really liked it. Brilliant. I like Jack Nicholson as the uh, the Joker. Yeah, yeah, with Catwoman. Life's that was great. To me. Yeah, those are, yeah, I think yeah, those sorry. are better Batmans. But the, the Nolan ones are good. They're very Hollywood. They're competently made. They're good spectacle. But they've got that lack of substance. Yeah, it's got that heart that moves. It's got that flatness. It's not having. I don't feel it's having fun either. No, which you shouldn't have fun with (laughs) Dunkirk, obviously. You should have fun with Batman. But there should be Batman. Batman should be fun, and Dunkirk should have an element of passion as well as just 
Yeah. Or at least real fear. I never feel real fear in this. Because no. you can't Cowardice. feel real fear yes. unless you actually like it's it's very milk milk toast, is that the good Yeah. Yeah. That's a word, That's isn't it? A word, That's a word. Yeah. That's it's so it's just sort of damp. Yeah. And it's, it's a, damp squid. a damp squid. <laughs> Get off your pedal stool. <laughs> uh yeah, it's I can't think of another one. No, I think it's it. Uh should we give it our number ratings? I find it a tough one to give a number mm. rating to. I think after we finish watching, I was a seven, but in time I've called to a six. I'm gonna go. Maybe. I'm gonna go six because I never really go. I feel if I go below six, I'm I'm saying five it's is terrible. going. Five is I going. Think, ooh, that's to be honest, it. my my one to ten so number right. rating. I do think I will. I don't think my, four three. And five ever get used. No. Yeah, so no, I think six. Se- yeah, I, I think six. six yeah. yeah. Seven saying it's worth the watch and it's fun and you could sort of watch it was on telly. This. I would say it's only it's worth okay. a watch if you want it. to discuss it with someone who's raving about it. I was it. a bit bored partway through it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not even. I mean, watch the new Star Wars instead. That was Twist, good. Yeah, watch Last Jedi, which we have problems with, but we gave a seven. I think so. I don't, we I, were more I positive towards that. Yeah. I think yeah, that, was a, Jedi, that was a lot more fun. The Last Jedi was a bit And I think it had more interesting it. things to say. So Even about fascism. About, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. They In go. fact, they, it did have a very similar... It did have a Dunkirk um, evacuation it type did. feel. And it had the timer, Nolan's uh, timer oh um, idea as well, didn't it? With the whole, they've got to get away before the fuel runs out. Everything's on a timer. Yeah. So it was very much the, um, the Rebel Alliance's Dunkirk moment. But they were defiant and fought back to the last minute. Well, so did the um, the actual, the actual British and French of Dunkirk. There you go. So there you go. Maybe The Last Jedi is a better film about Dunkirk. If you want, <laughs> if you Dunkirk want a new Dunkirk is... film, what? so if you want to watch a Dunkirk film, go with the 1958 well, film. If you were like one of those idiots who go, it's black and white, it's broken. I can't watch it. <laughs> then go with the new Star Wars film, because at least you'll be getting something from that. I think, I think that's the film split. And I just like I said, the owl um, the owl puffins are there as well. So Yes, there are pogs. Uh, film split gives, it's unanimous. It's a six. Dunkirk is a six. Everyone else loves it. We think it's meh. It's not even the best film that's about Dunkirk that came out. 2017. <laughs> the best film about Dunkirk in 2017 was The Last Jedi. Oh dear. It's Star official. Wars episode 8 <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Good God. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, we really weren't that impressed. No, I mean, it was. It's, we wanted to I just I like to say, this be. has been, um, this has been a tricky review to do because there's, there's something about that. It's, there's not much to it. It's a bit. Ethereal. There's just some. There's... Yeah, very. Like in um, Insomnia, where everything's all covered in fog and ghosty and. Yeah, there's just. Cold. There's just not much to the film. There's individual. I just like some it with. There's individual bits of spectacle. There's some brilliant. I was just thinking, I'd like to see that used in another film. Like the dogfights and things. I'd like to say, I'd like to see a new Battle of Britain film or That'd something using that. Or just some films utilising this but better with a better general yeah. plot and characters and things but I like that as an experimental bit I like that yeah. that works well someone else can use that that's all I thought really so good bits bad movie there we go